It's Wednesday, so the Florida Gators are getting a new depth chart release, and Hayden Hansen is here, only on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Wednesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports and GiantsCountryOfSI.com. Find me on today's episode of Lockdown Giants, too, talking a little Kadarius Tony. Before getting into today's content, if you're one of the people that took a picture with in Gainesville, this is the last time I'm doing it. Would love it if you DM the picture to me on Twitter or Locked on Gators Instagram, whatever it is. But today, we're talking about the Florida Gators depth chart because I think there's going to be some changes this time. Maybe not from week one to week two, but there should be from week two to week three, especially with a new matchup against South Florida, which not taking anything away from them. But if you're going to experiment, this is the week to do it before you have Tennessee. So now I should do it. Uh, I think running back... Uh, most of us will say Montreal Johnson should be running back one. There will be people that are like, oh, Trevor Etienne running back one. Just based on the packages he's playing. And he's it was more expanded when he played against Kentucky. Uh, I think he's still kind of trying to get the feel for the playbook. Maybe not that he doesn't get it, but he's trying to just get the feel for it. Montreal Johnson, consistent back, used to this Billy Napier offense. And again, I still think with Trevor Etienne, they're not going to force it. But it's also very clear that Trevor Etienne is a, an incredibly talented runner. Um, and he will pick up more carries and more snaps as the season goes on. But also, Naquan Wright, who is listed as running back one for the Utah and Kentucky games, he's clearly been the least effective back so far. And that that hurts me to say, because I feel like I've been very openly and publicly supporting Naquan Wright and, as running back one. I don't know if... You know, it's just different in this offense. I don't know if it's the ankle is maybe not hurting him anymore, but has kind of temporarily limited him. Um, but, yeah, he's clearly been the least effective back, even in pass protection, which last year he was pretty solid in. He's probably been the least effective one so far. Uh, Montreal Johnson, more effective. Trevor Etienne's had one pass rush rep, one pass protection rep, so it doesn't really matter. But I think Montreal Johnson takes the lead back role. Left guard, Richie Leonard the fourth um, took over for Ethan White at left guard. He played very well. I, I love them both, but, you know, Richie Leonard played well. Let him keep playing well. I think Ethan White's a better run blocker. Uh, I think Richie Leonard's pretty dang good in pass protection. And they were throwing the ball a lot, obviously. But I think Richie Leonard the fourth, you know, you kind of just throw him out there. And especially in this game where it's like you should win this game on pure talent alone you kind of figure things out and who knows, maybe we don't, maybe we see them right back in there starting, but who knows. Right tackle is one where I'm like, Austin Barber changing. Uh, this is going to be a very brief explanation because Michael Tarquin is hurt. Um, so it's not even me going, oh, Austin Barber should start. I don't think he should. I think Michael Tarquin is better, but Michael Tarquin got hurt. We have not gotten an update on him or Ventrell Miller, who Shamar James is stepping up into that starting spot, assuming Ventrell Miller cannot play, um, which is going to be also interesting because 
We'll see what happens in pass defense this week with Ventro Miller out, assuming that he's going to be out, considering we have not gotten an update yet. But assuming Ventro Miller will be out, Shamar James, Amari Bernie, interesting duo to uh to roll into a game with Scooby Williams, obviously also going to play. We'll probably see Dewan Black play a bit this week as well. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, tight end is the next one to talk about. Keon Zipper, I think, should be tight, on one, tight end one. Like I know that I've been saying this all offseason, um, that I think that he should be tight end one. I realize that he's been listed as like an or, except week two, I think it was Dante Xander's Keon Zipper. I think week one was or. Um, but especially in that Kentucky game, Dante Xander's struggled like like struggled this was it was a very very bad game for Dante Sanders um as much and I, I don't like to be that guy but I think that he hasn't contributed as a pass catcher really he just hasn't been doing it Dante Sanders hasn't done much as a run blocker uh so far again through two games but Dante Sanders hasn't done much as a run blocker so far so really what is he offering more than Keon Zipper could. Keon Zipper has at least actually been effective as a receiver when he's been used. Dante Sanders, four targets, has a drop, so he struggled early. And again, he's still going to play. It's just when you go 11 personnel, I think it should be Keon Zipper. Uh, I, I also think that when you're looking at this offense, you need more reliable and consistent production from your tight ends in the passing game. Uh, run game, neither of them are fantastic, for being honest, but Keon Zipper has really struggled. So I think in the passing game, you go, Keon Zipper has been more consistent than Xander's, and in the run game, again, they've been pretty even. So Keon Zipper is separating himself as a pass catcher. You need more production on this team. I, I think that's very easy to say where it's like, well, the passing attack has been bad. Even the Utah game, I was saying, it wasn't good. It was conservative and it got the job done, but it wasn't good. It wasn't sustainable. And that's kind of what we're seeing here as well. So I think that you you need to open up the playbook a bit, get Keon Zipper involved more as a pass catcher. Defensively, I have one change that's not, you know, linebacker because of injury. Um, also, if you're in my comments and you go, corner change, I, I will hide you from the channel. Shut up. Um, but on the defensive line, I think Desmond Watson a nose tackle. I don't think it happens, but I think it should happen. Uh, Jalen Lee and Desmond Watson as pass rushers both have been pretty relatively, we'll say, uh, relatively ineffective. So I I don't know why you'd go, oh, yeah, let's keep starting Jalen Lee. When on run defense, I think Desmond Watson has been very good compared to Jalen Lee. I think Desmond Watson has been one of the better run defenders that we've seen uh, in Gainesville, uh, from the interior at least, I, I think it's been uh, Desmond Watson. So I think that there's no reason to not have Desmond Watson as a starting nose tackle other than he can't play that many snaps, but he's only played a few less snaps than Jalen Lee. If you want to say, hey, let's go more situationally even, go for it. But on early downs, it should be Desmond Watson. Desmond Watson has been fantastic as an interior defensive lineman. I talked about this yesterday at the end of the episode in the third segment, where I was like, Dustin Watson has been such a pleasant surprise where he's been outperforming expectations. And we have high expectations of him. It's just we didn't think he'd be doing it this quick, this consistently. So I think Dustin Watson should be the starting nose tackle. If it doesn't happen this week, I think it will sooner rather than later. 
he desperately needs to develop some kind of pass rush plan, even if it's bull rush. I feel like he doesn't even do that, uh, but he needs to develop there. So we'll see if he can, but I think he should be the the guy that we're looking at at nose tackle for this year, next year, maybe the year after that as well. Who knows? But Desmond Watson should be the starting nose tackle. That's not even a knock on Jalen Lee. I think Desmond Watson's just been playing very good football for the Florida Gators, and so he kind of deserves to be the starting nose tackle for the Gators. We're about to be joined by Hayden Hansen, freshman tight end for the Florida Gators football team. But first, a quick word from Bet Online because if you think the Florida Gators are winning this game handedly, they are currently 24.5 point favorites against the South Florida Bulls this Saturday. So you could take it. Uh, personally, I don't know if I will. I feel like they're going to run the ball a lot again. And uh, especially if AR's ankle is messed up. So I don't know if I will, but we'll find out. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Can't stress it. I've been using it for like six years now. It's fantastic. I love it. Um, profitable, I'll say there. Uh, but you can bet on everything. It's not just football, baseball, basketball, soccer, hockey, tennis, table tennis, darts. You could bet on reality TV, award shows. Emmys just happened. Could have bet on those. You can bet on anything you want. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Joining me now, like he does every week, is Hayden Hansen, Florida Gators freshman tight end. And before we even get into the game itself from this past Saturday, what was the prep like for you guys? Because, you know, you guys had spring ball, fall ball, all, all that stuff. And then this was the first time that you've had a game on Saturday, the week of prep, and then another game the next Saturday. So just what was prep like for you guys? So, I mean, it was – Napier does a good job of keeping things consistent. So, I mean, the this the, those two weeks before those games were the exact same. He's really big on that. He's, uh, he's emphasized that he's worked a lot on his career about having it down from the minute from Saturday – or from Sunday, sorry, to Saturday – that every minute down to every rep, it's very detailed. He's a very detailed guy. Uh, nothing much changed. I mean, and he even gets smart about it. Like, I mean, I'm sure y'all, y'all saw the rain on, against Utah. Stopped perfect time. Supposed to rain again at Kentucky. Stopped. But they, they'll take football spraying with some spray bottles and stuff. I mean, they just we simulate everything in practices. And nothing much changed no matter what the opponent is, no matter the day. Um, I mean – surely we get like four to five weeks deep in the season. We'll probably lighten it up a little bit, but he likes to go hard during practice. He thinks the harder the practice is, the easier the game is. So, Yeah. Yeah. That we get like chippy in practice a little bit. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's competitive and uh, pe- people do um, kind of lash out sometimes, but I mean, we're, well, I mean, what Napier's done, he's done a good job of controlling it and uh, we haven't really haven't had much in a while, but I mean, you, and you're going to, you're going to get it with any team in fall camp, just, just so much competition, but other than that, I mean, it's been pretty controlled. Uh, Napier's kind of opened their eyes about, yeah, you need to compete with the guy in front of you, but this is, this is where knowing your teammates come in handy because if you know the guy across from you, you know his story, you know his background, what he did to get here, you're less likely to do stuff after the play, you know? So Yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. You know, like like putting a, a human there and not just person yeah. I'm going against. I, I'll also ask this because I've, I've heard this asked of other people in press conferences, and I, and I want to ask this. Have you ever seen him lose his cool? Uh, say that again, sorry. Have you ever seen him lose his cool? Uh, Napier, uh, sometimes, yeah, but um, he really keeps his cool. I mean, he, 
It's not, and it's not really. I, I wouldn't say I've seen him completely lose his cool. I mean, sometimes he'll get upset about a play or a decision, and he'll yell. But I mean, I really haven't seen him lose, completely lose his cool. He's a, it's pretty straightforward dude, and uh, when when he does yell, though, it gets your attention because like, uh oh, someone really messed up. But and what is kind of weekly prep like in, in the tight end room specifically? Because we know that Florida has used tight ends frequently, mainly obviously Keon Zipper and Dante Sanders. But what is it like just knowing that obviously, you know, ne- next man up, anything could happen where a tight end has to step in. So what is it like just knowing that tight ends are going to be heavily involved in the offense? Yeah. So, I mean, um, just through the week we practice and uh, there's always new players coming in and tight ends, one of the hardest spots in the offense. Cause I mean, we don't get a direct signal. We have to know, we have to dissect the plays and know what to do. Um, I mean, Napier will even tell you, that, but um, so, I mean, they, Dante and Zip, they, they're, they're the starters and they'll, and we'll work behind them. And um, obviously, anything could happen, like you said, one goes down, we got to be ready. And it's it's really a unique situation because there's like a distinct Y and an H. So, like, the H goes down and the H rotation boosts up and the Y stay the same. Or maybe a Y has to jump over and help with the H's. This, um, it's just – it's a lot. I mean, um, but we stay prepared, um, especially, like, the rookies like myself, me and Arliss. Arliss has been hurt, so he hasn't been doing much. But I'll, I'll just bounce around Y, H, whatever they need from me. And, um, I mean, I'll – I'll do some scout team against them to give them a good look at just doing my rookie duties, you know? Um, but yeah, uh, we all get live reps, get ready for the game. And if anything ever happens, uh, we're all, we're all prepared. So. And this past Saturday, it was your second Saturday in the swamp. There was just under 90,000 people in the stands. What, what was the atmosphere like? Was it different from the Utah game? Was it a little, a little more live with sec play, a little less live with it being a second game of the season? So, I mean, it's it's going to be hard for me to ever get one up from that first ever experience. I feel, I feel like that Utah crowd, I, it could just be me because it was my first time experiencing it, but, like, that crowd was different, man. But, um, that, I mean, the Kentucky crowd, it was good. There's a lot of people. It was loud still, but, I mean, there's something about that Utah crowd was, was electric. I don't know. But uh, that the crowd of Kentucky was definitely loud. Um, it was definitely de- – it was deafening, I mean. But um, I think I'll always have a special place in my heart for that Utah crowd that week one, first time walking out there. It's going to be hard to beat that. But I have a feeling that LSU game might do it because it's already been sold out. People have been talking about it. So we'll see. Yeah, that, that one's, that one's going to be messy. Um, getting into the actual game on Saturday, it, it was rough, obviously. It was one that it just seemed like things did not go Florida's way. What was it that kind of went wrong with the Gators? Um, I mean, uh, we came out. We came out on offense. We the first drive, we started moving the ball a little bit, and then kind of started shooting ourselves in the foot. We kind of had some misassignments. Um, but I mean, I think the biggest thing to take away from it was the fact that uh, I mean, I wasn't here last year, so I can't like speak for the team. But from what I've heard, in the scenarios like that game, the close games and stuff, with mistakes happening on both sides of the ball, that they was they would start turning on each other and arguing. And I mean, on the sideline, it was nothing. It was just positive. Like AR and the offense would come off. We'd be like, "Hey, you're good. You're good. Next time, don't worry about it." AR would go tell the defense. Defense would they just hold each other up, you know. And um, at halftime, it was a close game. Came back out. Just um, I mean, I, I I feel like both teams could have played a lot better, and uh, Kentucky just barely survived it. Um, I mean, it, the the good thing about that game was all the mistakes was not because of Kentucky. It was Florida beating Florida. Just um, just mistakes that we don't make in practice, and uh, it happens to the best of us. And uh, I think we'll come out this week and show that we fixed a lot of it and we're, we're ready to get back on track. And I think 
pretty much everybody listening. Uh, we we all saw Billy Napier after the Utah win. You know the the, the how about them Gators and just everybody losing their minds in the locker room. What was Coach Napier's message after the loss to Kentucky? So I mean that he always has a big perspective of things. I mean I'm sure you saw the quote on Twitter. He came out and said something along the lines of. When you're a coach leading men, sometimes you have to look in the mirror if they're not performing up to their standard. You know, he was saying that. He was just talking about it in a life perspective of how it's it's gonna it's not always gonna be great, perfect. You know, um, he just I mean he just stayed calm. He just talked about some of the mistakes and um, he really he really kept it quick. He um, he said more on Sunday, but um, he just got to the point and said that he's proud of the effort we've had. And he said we're gonna fix it. And he said he said just don't worry, it's just a little bump in the road. So I'll say as a Gators fan, it is such a breath of fresh air to have someone that's like, hey, bump in the road, we'll fix it instead of um previous regime, we'll say. Um, <laughs> after the Kentucky game and even towards the very end of it, a player in particular, and obviously Will Levis, was um bold, we'll say, about you know, waving goodbye to the Gators crowd. Kentucky football team ate a gator the other day. Yeah. Is that something that you guys kind of just like, just like writing down and just like next year? Like, well, Evans won't be there, but next year. It definitely, definitely caught the attention in the locker room. Um, we don't, I mean, we didn't really, we don't know, Napier wouldn't allow it, like anyone to talk about it in practice and everyone knew better. But um, in the locker room, everyone, we, we, we sent it to our group chat and stuff. We're just like, I'll see that. Like, it was, I mean, Napier's big message this week also was the only way to get the taste out of your mouth is to get ready, prepare, and beat the next team. And, um, I think it's slowly starting to fade away from our mouths, but we, yeah, definitely when we first saw that, we were like, wow. I mean, like, I mean, what are you going to do? They beat us. I mean, they, they get, they get the, they get this opportunity to do this. I mean, if we really wanted to, we had to, we got, we got to beat the guys. So uh, next year, I mean, next year, it, it'll be a physical game next year. I'm sure, I'm sure we're going to bring it. So I'm, I'm excited for that to get some revenge, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll say that um, I, got a lot of comments because last week I was talking wild trash. <laughs> I was talking wild to the uh the lockdown Kentucky host. So that was uh <laughs> that was not great on, on my end. But what has prep been like? Because obviously, you know, started the year with number seven Utah, number 20 Kentucky. Now it's kind of a, a dip to South Florida and then number 15 Tennessee right after that. So what is it like in that locker room right now and just in, in practice to go, yes, we have Tennessee next week, but like the team ahead of us right now, South Florida, how hard is it to kind of not overlook them for a team that, you know, Florida doesn't necessarily get along with in Tennessee? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll start out by saying just like, um, I think, I think it's good. I mean, Napier starts out here, two tough, two strong teams right off the bat. He proves he can hang with both of them. I mean, Kentucky was a, could have went either way. Utah could have either way. We finished it against Utah. He just, he, I mean, he's shown already that we can go toe-to-toe with the best. And uh, with that being said, so, I mean, this week, I mean, so every every time we have an opponent, Napier, all the screens in the weight room, in the indoor, in the locker room will be on the other team. So all week we've been seeing uh, South Florida's camp practice, their practice, some game highlights from last year, game highlights against us last year. So, I mean, it's in our head 24-7. Every time we walk in the facility, you see South Florida, like – we haven't, there hasn't been a word said about Tennessee yet. It's they they just they just stick it in your brain. Like all the screens, you'll see a, a South Florida logo. You'll see the coach giving the players a speech. You know, I mean, it's just everywhere. And uh, I wouldn't say anyone's overlooking South Florida. I mean, it's I mean, this is D one football. I mean, anything can happen. 
But, I mean, obviously the confidence is going to be high because, I mean, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that was AR's breakout game last year. I don't quote me on that, but uh, I've heard he uh, he showed out that game. So I'm sure he's looking to get his mojo back, go out there and show everyone what he can do, and he's going to try and do it on a consistent basis for the rest of the year. Yeah, that was the game where um, he connected, I believe, two times with someone who's not in Florida anymore. A little, little bit of uh, a transfer there that Jesus fans don't necessarily like. But hopefully it'll all work out this week. Hopefully everybody stays healthy. Nice win for Florida again, hopefully. But this is Hayden Hansen, Florida Gators, freshman tight end. And, I mean, you'll see him on the field for the Florida Gators, and you can catch him on Lockdown Gators every week. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow where we're talking Florida, South Florida, what to expect. It's going to be a good one, I think, for the Florida Gators at least. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports and GiantsCountry of SI.com. And I'll see you all tomorrow.